You know what Ed Gein said about women? Ed Gein, maitre d' canal bar? No. Serial killer, Wisconsin in the 50s. What did Ed say? He said, when I see a pretty girl walking down the street, I think two things. One part of me wants to take her out and talk to her, be real nice and sweet and treat her right. And what the other part of him think? <laughs> what her head would look like on a stick. Welcome everyone to My Bleeding Ears Podcast. This is episode number 132. I'm Larry, your host. With me today is Jessalyn. Hello. Oh man. So, here we are again. Back in, in podcast land. And I hope movies start coming out pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> That's not funny. No, no, not in the theater. Just like <laughs> streaming, please. Just release the movies. Have to laugh to keep from crying. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> there are some new releases. Yeah, there are. I just don't want to pay twenty bucks for them. Right, like Peninsula just came out. Yeah. Although it's not twenty bucks, it's like twelve or fifteen or something like that. Yeah, I'll buy that. So yeah, Peninsula, the uh, sequel to Trained Busan, is available now on Video On Demand, so you can check it out, which I hope to do pretty soon. Yeah, we definitely will. I was thinking like Antebellum. Oh, yeah, it, yeah, It's yeah. that kind of movie that's getting such terrible reviews, like, just give it to me for free <laughs> and let me decide. Or maybe like four, I'll pay four dollars. Yeah, four ninety nine. Bring down bad. the price. Everybody hates it. I have to know. Like that. Okay, let's start going through some of the shit we've seen. Okay. Uh, first up, well, uh, Joe Bob came out with a new... Yeah, Halloween Hideaway. Halloween Hideaway. His not, new special. Not, special? Yeah, not the Hootenanny. You wanted it to be a Hootenanny. Yeah, but it was. The Hideaway. Was, uh, they didn't show Halloween 3, but they did show some other movies. One of them, I made it partway through before I fell asleep because I had to wake up early that day. So, but we did get to see the first movie out of there. Yeah. And it was nice to watch. What did you think? I liked it. I, I had could have sworn that I'd seen it before right. when and I saw the name. It was Haunt. Haunt, so, yes. And it's a movie that I didn't watch either, but you thought you watched it, right? I was so sure, but I couldn't have. Um, It was alright. It was fun, for the most part. Yeah, I liked it. It wasn't bad. It was a good time. It was the same guys who wrote A Quiet Place. Yes. Um, this is a lot more fun slashery. You're right, right. Um, but yeah, it's good. I would check it out. So it's on Shutter now. Yes, yeah, check it out on Shutter. I didn't write down the name of the other one. What was it? Oh fuck, I even forgot now. Like it was, oh, man, I was so tired. <laughs> I couldn't stay up any longer. So we even I... finished watching it, and I didn't pay attention. Didn't no, we didn't even finish watching it. No, no we did. I don't Not think that we, night. No, because we went to go look for it, and it wasn't available. Well, yeah, that's right. So we, we didn't were finish going it. going to finish it. Right. So it doesn't matter what it's called. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Check that out on Shudder. Uh, if it's there, it must be there by now. Because um, we watched it live. Right. And then we couldn't find it again. Right. 
Next up, we watched Vampires vs. the Bronx from this year on Netflix. Yes. Okay. So there are some new things coming out. There are some new things. What did you think of this movie? I liked it. Uh-huh. It's, at its core, it's about gentrification. Mm-hmm. But it definitely gave me Goonies vibes, mm-hmm. for sure, because it's about, well, one kid in particular, but like a group of kids who are fighting to keep their neighborhood. Yes. Um, away from vampires, as it turns out. I yes. think it's just white people, but it's much no, worse No, it's just than vampires. Yeah. Um, this movie, I, it's fun, but it's very sloppy. It's a very sloppy movie. Um, somewhat cheaply done, too. Yeah. But it's fun. Um, don't expect too much out of it. There are laugh-out-loud parts that aren't supposed to be funny. Yeah. <laughs> They're just kind of lazy. Um, but it's a good story, and it's nice. So... It is nice, but Take yeah, there were some definitely some holes yeah. <laughs> that I felt like didn't get resolved at the end. Some of the character development wasn't yeah. all that great. The, the, the kids were fine, and they, actually, the kids were pretty good in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and that can usually be a problem in in child led movies like that, mm-hmm. where the kids can be fucking annoying. But not this time around. They were good actors, yeah. and actually, the one main kid is going to play Colin Kaepernick in a life story of Colin Kaepernick. Oh, cool! So yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I guess I'll recommend it to for if you got some kids you're going to watch it with. And they'll yeah. have a good time. Check it out on Netflix. I, I liked it. Yeah, it was fine. Going with no expectations. Yeah, no, I no. do feel like you went went in with some expectations. I went in with I no, that's that's absolutely wrong. I okay. went in there with with none. I went in. I didn't think this movie was going to be great going in. I knew it's. I knew the the premise and everything and the direction it might take and. It, did exactly that. Yes, it did. But at the same time, I, I had very low hopes for this movie. <laughs> so, uh, between well, did all. Did it meet those expectations? <laughs> it did, yeah. It met those low expectations, but it never went past that. Right. Okay. But anyway, next. Well, next up, uh, we watched Followed. Oh, crap. How did we watch this? Prime. Yeah, you could. Oh, rent on Amazon. So we paid for this one. Oh, yeah, that's right. We you paid did pay for this one. Four bucks for this. I was interested. Um, to gain a, to gain more subscribers, a controversial social media influencer says that a cursed hotel stays at a cursed hotel to terrifying results, and he invites some other people with him. And the way I read it at first was that it was going to be a bunch of social media influencers, and I was like, "Oh, awesome! I get to see a bunch of grammars get slaughtered." Yeah, <laughs> but I was disappointed. That's yeah. not what happened. That did not happen, though. No. Um. I, I hated the main character so much, and they really, at the end, try to turn you around. Like, right. Oh, this guy's not so bad. They try to no. pepper things in throughout the it's movie to make you... a tool, and yeah. you can't change my mind. Die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was okay. It wasn't the greatest, but it was. I thought it was okay. <laughs> I liked it more than, than the vampires or Bronx or whatever. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. absolutely not. Oh. Yeah, it was. At least I was. I was more engaged with that movie. Okay. Than, there was just a lot of things that kind of took me out of the other one. I just so. felt like it was three hours long, and it was like yeah, it was a little long. long. But yeah, <laughs> I, well, same here. I didn't really didn't have any expectations for this movie, but hey, it, I thought yeah. it was fine. Next up. Woodwitch, The Awakening. We were just cruising around uh, Tubi. Right, and I wanted to watch, what, Waxwork 2? Yes. And then you chose this movie instead. Well, we agreed, because I didn't feel like watching Wax- Waxworks 2. Waxwork 2. Yeah, what are you? <laughs> yes. 
Wax you know, you gonna watch Waxworks too? Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I got back at you. <laughs> Woodwitch. <laughs> two couples on a camping trip stumble onto a local urban legend, inadvertently awakening a sleeping demon. Um, <laughs> you want to call it a demon? <laughs> so that's what they are calling it. Oh. Um, which is interesting because the title is Wood Witch, right? Not Wood Demon, right? Um, I guess Wood Witch rolls off the tongue a little bit better. I don't know. So this is like a supposed found footage kind of movie, yeah. but they kind of ditch that process halfway through it. Yeah, and it's noticeable because right. I just said in our last podcast when we did VHS that I don't really care. Right. But sometimes I do. Sometimes I do now, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but although this one did have a disclaimer in the beginning that a lot of the stuff they're showing was found footage, yet there was other stuff that was dramatized. Um, which yeah. was just covering their ass, I think, for the rest of this movie. Yes, how yeah. How horrible it came well, out. How are we going to tell them we filmed this? Yeah, we'll just say that it was dramatized. Not very good. Um, I, I was not in this movie at all. I think I was on my phone for most of the time. No, I had to look it up to remember which one it was, and then I still had to look at images, and I was like, oh, no. yeah, that weird troll CGI. Yeah, no, it, was even, it wasn't a demon, it wasn't a witch, it was just like... This, Looks like a little troll, yeah. Uh, yeah, a big troll. Well, big-ish. Big, no, it was a big troll. It was like 15 feet tall. I feel like uh, there are trolls, like CGI that are bigger. Well, I mean, yeah, they have those big guys Cave in there. Trolls. Yeah, they have, those guys are huge. Yeah, way bigger, but... Uh, so it was like a disappointingly small troll. Compared to other trolls? Compared like to troll other hunter trolls troll? that I've seen, yeah. Right, well, yeah, Troll Hunter, that's a big troll. All right, well, so the, the trolls in here are small by troll standards, I guess. Yeah. All right, this troll is, is in between the trolls from from a Willow and the trolls from Troll Hunter. Yeah. So, not, not as hairy. hairy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, um, no, I, I didn't like it that much. Yeah, this is a piece of shit on Tubi. Don't. I mean, I, I also didn't really pay attention, so I'm sorry. You don't really need to. The makers it's... of Wood Witch. Yeah. God. Ugh. <laughs> Next. Next. Um, in a stranger's house. Now, this was definitely my idea. Because mm-hmm. it kept getting recommended to me on Amazon. It's from 2018. Um, out of Ireland. Yeah. Right? That's where it was filmed. Yeah. Uh, and it's another found footage. We want found footage bananas. Yeah, and this was probably the worst one. Um, it's pretty boring. It's boring as fuck. Yeah. Nothing happens. And no. It's bad. It's not good. And it's carried by one male lead. And who just, he does his darndest. He, he tries, but... His accent's strange, and sometimes <laughs> I can't hear him... Yeah, it's not it's not very it's just about this dude who I guess he gets a job babysitting this house. Yeah. And is never found again. And the whole thing seems weird. Like the woman comes up to the gate and's like, Stop filming and then she's just gone. Yeah, and for the rest of the movie. Get some explana- explanation later. But even he doesn't really seem to know what he's doing or why he's at this house. Yeah, I get to watch this guy pick up dog shit for the first five, ten minutes of this movie. Yeah. There's more poop in this movie. And this movie is poop filled. Full of dogs, too. There's two dogs in there. They look very nice. And yet, this guy just goes around and cleans up their poop. 
and feeds them very slowly. Yeah. Like these dogs are hungry, man. Fucking feed them. Put your phone down or camera wherever you. A have. lot of time is spent with the dogs, and so then you immediately are like, "Oh, great! There's going to be a bunch of dog death in this movie." <laughs> and, is there? Um, I think they all make they, it. They disappear, I believe, okay. or one of them is killed at least. But I don't fucking. You know, this movie's don't don't even look it up. It's it's really boring. I mean, if you're running around on Tubi. You've watched lower budget stuff. <laughs> this. Yeah, yeah. It's free. I feel we're, we should say something nice about one of these movies. Well, they were. Well, out of all out of all these movies that we watched, which one did you like the most? Oh, Vampires versus Brooklyn, the Bronx. Yeah, Bronx. <laughs> Brooklyn is very different. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it has to be the one with that media influencer. I, I think yeah okay. yeah I I at least was uh, in the most invested in was that one if anything just to watch that dude fail <laughs> even oh, if it was for the that worst. yeah but I I was just I, I I it's unfortunate that 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 uh vampires versus Bronx wasn't it, it just seems so poorly made that's all it it just seems like the love wasn't in there like it should have been. That I'll agree with. Yeah. I wouldn't ca- say poorly made. It felt like a legit movie to me. Yeah, it was. A legit movie. Yeah. Yes, but it, it does feel like whoever directed it didn't really like it. Mm-hmm. Didn't or, like the idea. Or there was things cut out maybe. Yeah. I don't know. There must have been because there are two people who get killed quote unquote but off screen and then you think okay well this is a vampire movie maybe we'll see them again. Yeah. No, never again. So then make their death a little gorier. We're watching a vampire movie. <laughs> but nope. Um, but that's the one I like the best. You okay. liked. I mean, I, the one I enjoyed the most, yeah. Yeah. Or, or at least I was just more the most Let's into. Followed. Good. Then it was well worth our four bucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, movie of the week coming up. Wait, hold on. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm going to cut this. All right. Start over. Okay. Okay. Plus, we watched a few Halloween episodes, seeing as it's Halloween coming up very, very soon. Mm -hmm. Um, Start rattling them off. Like, what? I I, I remember we watched uh, one of the Simpsons' Treehouse of Horror. Yeah, so we went back and forth. The Well, let's do Treehouse of Horror 2 first. Yeah, that's what... Season 3, episode 6. Yes. Um, We watched... I hadn't seen that one in a really long time. The one with, like, King Kong and zombies. I've seen that one a billion times. Right. But this one, yeah, I hadn't seen. This is the second one. around when it came out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Second one, because the first one was in the second season. And then they kept doing them every right. year for the next 50 years. <laughs> However long However Simpsons, long Simpsons, Simpsons has been on, it's still going. Uh, one of them was with, um, with the monkey paw one. Yeah, Which that's, I like. they all eat too much candy, and Marge is like, you're all going to have nightmares, and they're like, no, we won't. And then everyone and has nightmares. They all nightmares. have nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lisa has the monkey paw one. Yeah. Bart dreams about uh, how he's, uh, it's it's off of, I think these are pretty much all off of Twilight Zone episodes in a way. Oh, okay. Like the, the Bart one is he's the child who can do anything, right? Yeah, uh, he can make people do whatever, change people into whatever, and that I know for sure that's a Twilight Zone episode. Yeah, he turns Homer into a Jack in the Box. Yeah, and then um, <laughs> what's the third one? Because um, Lisa, 
then it was uh, Bart, then Homer. Yeah, Which one was Homer's? Homer's Nightmare. Uh-oh. Did we forget already? We forgot Homer's Nightmare. Oh, he's the, uh, he becomes the robot because at oh, work. Oh, okay. Yeah. And they replace his brain. That's right. <laughs> and he's That's just right. as lazy. <laughs> yeah. Smithers and Mr. Burns decide they're going to have some fun. Right. And, yeah. Like um, fire him and then make him. Still holds up. Still funny. Yeah, still funny. Next up, uh, we watched Community, Season 1, Episode 8, Introduction to Statistics. Mm-hmm. This is the episode where Allison Brie has a Halloween party, and she was never popular in high school, so now that she's in community college, she wants to be popular, and the only way that that can happen is if, like, Jeff goes to her party because he's the iconic yeah. popular one. He's the popular and everyone's yeah. always like, Where's Jeff? Where's Jeff? Like right. well at least in the whole group. Uh, if you haven't if you haven't watched Community, it's a great show. It's hilarious. It is. It takes a little bit to get off the ground. I don't love this episode. I don't love the first season really. Mm-hmm. It's okay. The second season is when it really gets going Yeah, I, I think so too. I but yeah. I, I like the first season a lot actually. Well I feel like this episode in particular it's all like the Beastmaster jokes. Um, Pierce dresses up like Beastmaster. Yeah, well, everyone dresses up pretty funny. Like, (laughs) Britta's the squirrel. Squirrel. (laughs) (laughs) Not trying to be sexy or anything, so she dresses up as a squirrel. Um, Shirley, that actually turns into a running joke that they never know what Shirley's dressed up as. And it's simply because she's a black woman. Dressing up as a white character. As a white character, yeah. And and in other episodes, it transpires, too, because she plays Glenda the Good Witch in the... In another Halloween episode, and everyone thinks she's someone else except right. for Glenda the Good Witch. Right. And in this, she's Harry Potter. And right. No one guesses it. And they think she's Urkel. So. Right. Urkel. <laughs> Keep calling her Urkel. Troy included. Uh, yeah, it's a good episode. And then Pierce uh, takes some like ecstasy or something. And yeah, him and Starburns wigs uh, out. trade pills, and he wigs out, and needs Jeff <laughs> to help him, and everything. Yeah. It's a funny episode. It's a good I, I like episode, it. yeah. Uh, then next we watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine. They do a Halloween heist every season. Every season, right. So this was season five, episode four, Halloween, in which <laughs> Jake proposes to Amy at the end of the heist. Yes. And that's why I wanted to watch this one, because it's nice, and it's yeah. really sweet. Mm-hmm. And it's just what we need right now. <laughs> a nice, sweet Halloween. Yeah. yeah. Well, no one's going out, so. Right. Um... And then last the, one, right? The last yeah. one was Buffy, episode four, or excuse me, season four, episode four, Fear Itself. In retrospect, I probably should have chosen the Halloween episode, both Halloween episodes from uh, the second and third season. The second season, they all become their costumes. The third season, they eat this band candy that turn, makes them act like children, except for the Scooby gang. They don't mm-hmm. eat it. And that one's really funny, band candy. And this one, they're in college, and they go to their first, like, frat Halloween party. (laughs) Only, unfortunately, there was an accidental blood sacrifice in the attic when they were getting ready for the party, and it invoked a demon. So Buffy shows up to the party, and all hell is broken. Right, yeah. We get to see Chainsaw Giles for the first time, because all the windows and doors disappear from the frat house, Mm. so he has to chainsaw his way in there. How many times do we get to see Chainsaw Giles? Just the once. Oh. No, (laughs) no, (laughs) You're like, the first appearance. He figure. (laughs) Oh, well, fuck. They got the uh, Star Wars figures who are on screen for four seconds have an action figure, okay? Yeah, but Star Wars is a little more popular than Buffy. Yeah, you got a good point there. I'm just saying. There's a a Chainsaw Giles action figure. That's how iconic Chainsaw Giles is. There's also the guy who fucking flew the Millennium Falcon (laughs) with Lando. 
know, but <laughs> sure, 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 sure. <laughs> Wait, isn't that new new? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who doesn't know new new? No, not too many people. <laughs> I know. I'm kidding. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. Our movie of the week is the 1992 sequel to Waxwork, Waxwork 2, directed by Anthony Hickox, director of the first one, uh, also directed Hellraiser 3, um, Warlock 2. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've never uh, seen the Warlocks. Uh, the first one is actually kind of is okay, if I remember correctly. It's okay. kind of funny, too. Children of the Corn 3, yeah, Urban he, Harvest. He, just, uh, he, he did a lot of sequels. Return of the like. Living Dead 3. I don't think he directed that, did he? It says director. Oh, nice. I didn't... Oh, wait, actor. Ah, see? Oh, yeah, you're looking all at your, listed here? Well, yeah, you got to look at his directing yeah, list. Yeah, I know how it works. Really? I did clicked you? on director. <laughs> really? <laughs> um, he's also in a lot of sequels. Yeah, he's actually in the... He acts, too. He's yeah. in uh, Waxwork 1 and Waxwork 2. In Waxwork 2, he plays the, um, the head guard or lead guard to King Arthur's character. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, actor, and in the first waxwork, he was the Marquis decides like the prince or whatever who's telling the Marquis decide to whip right. him. So that's mm-hmm. that's the director also. So uh, yeah, this is the follow up effort. Um, budget was a little bit lower in this one. Um, also, they replaced Deborah Foreman, who was the main female character in the first waxwork. With a new actor, uh, and she is absolutely horrible. Yeah, what happened there? Do we know? No, I have no clue. Why couldn't she do it? I don't know. Maybe she retired around then? Because I don't remember seeing her too very often after she did a lot of these horror movies. I don't recall seeing her. It was four years after the first one. Right. So. Came out. Yeah. Okay. But uh, the recast. Uh, what I do like about this movie, though, is that it takes place seconds after the first one. Right. They, they're running out of the wax medium. Yes. And yeah. I was like, fuck yeah. Because, you know, you get a lot of different uh, sequels, and it's years later, or they kind of change the ending a little bit, too. And it's it's very different. Um, this this time, though, right afterward, man, mm-hmm. I, I got to think, because we got the same director, I wrote the thing, too. So, Boom. Um, and from there, it's it. The movie kind of changes in a little way. It's not like the first waxwork into where they're going into these these different exhibits with the artifacts. Now they are going through different parallel universes that contain monsters. Mm-hmm. So a um, little different around. So this one starts off with them leaving the burning waxwork and um, Zach Gelligan reprising his character from the first one. Uh, you may know him from Gremlins and everything. Billy from Gremlins. Mm-hmm. This is like his biggest role. Um, 
takes uh, takes what's her face home. Uh, I forgot her character. Sarah. Sarah. He takes Sarah home. Um, tells her everything's gonna be all right. Um, I'm glad we escaped. Get some sleep. We'll hook up later. So she goes home, but the hand from the first, the waxwork hand from the uh, first movie survived the fire, mm-hmm. and it escapes onto the cab that they hail to get the hell out of here, <laughs> out of there. <laughs> And hitches a ride with them, enters the apartments of um, Sarah, and her father or stepfather, stepfather. is there, who uh, is drinking beer, and you can tell it's beer because it's the white label and it just says beer on it. <laughs> yeah, he's played by Buck Flower, um, mm-hmm. tons of movies, a character actor, a lot of like John Carpenter stuff. He always just pops up in movies. Um, Back to the Future. I believe he's the homeless dude on the on the fucking bench. Oh, yeah. So, uh-huh. um, so um, the hand ends up killing the stepfather with a hammer, and, and this is pretty ridiculous uh, how it happens. Like, how the fuck are you gonna let a hand yeah. kill you? You know. I feel like yeah, this is a little more zany than yes. the first one. The and first one does play some things for laughs, but this is all played for laughs. So um, yeah, this is very much. Um, very much like how they did Return of the Living Dead and its sequel. Um, Return of the Living Dead, fucking classic movie. Um, jokes are subtle. They're not forced at all. But when they did part two, it was, jokes weren't funny anymore and it all felt forced and it was silly and it was goofy and it just really ruined that kind of experience that you had from the first one. Mm -hmm. Now, with this one, it kind of straddles the line a little more. Um, I would say it's more kind of a little more akin to how Evil Dead was more scary and then but with the sequel it got funnier and That's it what, yeah. worked. It, it's a little more like Evil Dead. Maybe like in between Evil Dead 2 and Return of, Return of the Living Dead 2. That's where I would put this movie with its humor. Because sometimes it, it falls flat, yeah. but sometimes it doesn't. And sometimes it works, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where I kind of see this movie in its humor. I um, agree with that statement. Yep. So, um, Sarah is charged with killing her stepfather because she destroys the hand um, after he kills her father. And it hits him in the head with a hammer quite a few times. And then this whole scene is pretty much kind of like the Evil Dead 2 scene where Ash has the plates and everything because she's shooting mustard and condiments all over the place. And it... it doesn't hit as well as Evil Dead 2. I just wanted to watch Evil Dead 2 yes. while I watched this. So it yeah. did, that didn't work. Um, so she has to go to trial for this because she's accused of murder. Um, but she holds down the defense that this this uh, hand killed uh, her, her stepfather. So she's going to die. She's going to either get the uh, life sentence or the electric chair because how is she going to prove that a hand by itself is going to crawl? So... Uh, Zach Galligan has a Mark is his name. I'll call him Mark. Mm-hmm. Has a plan to go to his um, his uncle's mansion and see if there's anything there that he can get to maybe help them. To which they 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 come across uh, his uncle left him a message, uh, Wilfred, saying, you know, hi Mark, uh, if you're watching this, I'm dead. Um, there are these things, these artifacts that we've collected throughout the years. You and you and your father, uh, your father and I or your grandfather and I, I'm sorry, have collected through time and all these different places. Um, through the looking glass, you'll be able to go there, in a way. So they find, like, the secret door, and they're able to they see all these different artifacts that they've collected through time. 
or space or whatever, um, you see like statues. It, it's kind of like um, that the scene in um, what you call it, uh, Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull, where they go in and there's all those boxes everywhere filled right, with right. shit. There's it's the same kind of thing, not nearly the size of that, but there are boxes with like like Nazi symbols on it. So there's a lot of history down there. Uh, they do find like this compass looking thing to where they're able to go through a warp or a doorway into another dimension and that's where they go they they mark is like listen if you don't do this you're you're gonna go to prison forever so this is something we have to do and so they go through the portal and they end there the first place they end up is in uh frankenstein's house right <clears throat> or that's that's what they're playing <clears throat> on uh, all these different places that they go to are are uh, like remakes or fabrications of other horror movie icons that have come before. Uh, just like the first waxwork was. There's all those different exhibits that uh, had like a Frankenstein or a Dracula, but it was off just a little bit. You know, Alien mm-hmm. was in there. So um, so I guess they wouldn't get their ass sued off. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, um, the first place they enter is the Frankenstein uh, and much like the first one with the exhibits, once you enter them, you kind of think it's reality. So right. you're you're kind of seduced by their power to to their willing uh, to their will. Uh, Mark doesn't it, when he first goes through isn't affected by this at all, uh, but Sarah is, and she's playing the part of Frankenstein's girl or wife or fiance or yeah, whatever. Yeah, fiance. Mm-hmm. Uh, Igor's in there, um, but he's. Uh, <laughs> His name is, like, Alfredo or something like that. Uh, yeah, I forget. <laughs> Wesley or some, some name like that. <laughs> um, to where, in this mansion, this guy uh, has created a, a monster, a, a living dead monster, Frankenstein, or whatever you want to call him. And Mark is tasked with feeding this monster mm-hmm. while um, Frankenstein does whatever... Um, so he ends up feeding the Frankenstein guy. Uh, instead of feeding him the slop that he's usually fed, Mark feeds him some leftovers from Frankenstein's desk. It looked like pork chops and mm-hmm. some stuff. And he totally digged it, man. He was eating the bones and everything. <laughs> and Mark got the fuck out of there to go check on Sarah because she's totally believing all this shit. Right. So she goes up, he goes up there and tells her, hey, this isn't real. You're with me. Blah, blah, blah. You know, we got to get you out of here. And right around the time that's happening and they're escaping... The angry mob is there to get Frankenstein and his monster. Um, to which Frankenstein thinks that uh, Mark and Sarah are t- together, to which they are, but he's stuck in this other world. So um, they're chased downstairs to the Frankenstein, and because uh, the angry mob's coming towards them, to which Frankenstein starts yelling at his monster, calling him a piece of shit and everything, to which the monster doesn't like that. Um, he was choking Mark until hearing all this shit coming from his master to which he breaks his chains and starts murdering people. (laughs) He ends up like smushing Frankenstein's fucking head on the table to where his eyeballs pop out. And yeah, that's where it's even the gore is zany fun. And I did laugh out that. But see, yeah, that's the stuff that worked right there. That worked. Like the squeezing out his eyes, all the mucus and shit popping out and blood and everything. That part worked and that whole scene worked. Um, but it didn't work earlier in the film. Right. Um, so, um, that's just kind of what happens in this movie. Uh, but, uh, after everything that happens, Mark 
finds the doorway to get out of there because they end up getting the Frankenstein's book to which it would be able to reanimate flesh so they can take that back home and reanimate flesh and prove Sarah's innocence. Mm -hmm. Um, So Mark gets the book. Sarah leaves first, though, and gets separated. And then Mark follows into a, a different wormhole and is transported into a different place. Um, so they're split up. Mm-hmm. They're going to two different realities. Uh, Sarah ends up going to... Uh, in a sp- She ends up in a spaceship, um, which is a ripoff... Which ends up being a ripoff of Alien. Yes. Um, they start talking like, oh, uh, it grows so quickly and everything. So she's on this ship with all these different people. And the characters are very much like the characters in Alien. Uh, to which an alien is on board and ends up killing them. And um, so Sarah's stuck there and she totally believes it still. Um, yeah. she's She has a problem with differentiating between different timelines or whatever. Right. And and these timelines are different than the waxwork ones because in these, even if you don't believe these things to be real, they are and they're still going to hurt you. So you can get hurt this time around if you, no matter what, if you believe or you don't believe. Right. And this is where the actress is at her most tolerable. She thing. is, yeah. She's not bad. Uh, she has more people to work off of, it seems like. Yeah. Because Zach Galling is just running circles around her and acting. I mean, she's yeah. make, she, he makes her look horrible <laughs> in this yeah. movie. And he doesn't need to do much to do that. No, not at all. Sorry, Monica Schnarr. <laughs> <laughs> she's just distractingly bad, like you said earlier. She's terrible. Yeah. Sorry. And that's where we move. With a cool transition piece, we see the spaceship in space. Um, and we see our characters. And it transitions to, um, like, Earth. <laughs> to where uh, Mark is actually in, like, a, a, a retelling of The Haunting this time around. Mm-hmm. So they're, like, he's with some ghost hunters, which include Bruce Campbell. Yeah, it's when, all in black and white. Right. <laughs> Uh, and it's it's filmed and everything like the haunting was. There's like a, a, they'll have those shots to where the camera wiggles and is it it, it puts it distorts people and stuff and it, it's very much like the the fifties horror movies, ghost mm-hmm. house movies. Right. Um, so the, there is these paranormal investigators trying to figure out about this house and uh, Mark is there too. Where he's playing along, trying to find his way out, but at the same time he's also helping the situation out, which actually plays a little more into the movie a little bit later. Um, so they keep transitioning between the alien scene and, and the ghost house scene um, to where Mark actually helps them out and figures out to, to break this, the curse or the spell in this house. And he, you know, tips his hat and says, see you later, guys. And he, um, he disappears into his wormhole after he finished his job. And he ends up meeting Sarah on the spaceship um, to fight, and he ends up helping fight the aliens. But he didn't leave. You don't get to see any of this, but he didn't go there directly from where he was before. He actually was bouncing around to several other places to before he even got back to Sarah. Right. Because he like had all this different like voodoo stuff with him. He's like, oh yeah, I got all this crap here we can use. Like he's and it's it's funny because he's like having a good time doing this. Yeah. <laughs> he's loving it. So it's kind of funny the the difference between him and Sarah and just how they're <laughs> reacting to this. Like he's having a blast. Uh, so they end up escaping the alien part of the of this uh, of this movie to uh, to which they're they're pointed to a different part of the, the spaceship to where they need to escape. 
unfortunately, one of the aliens grabbed the compass from Mark, and he wasn't able to pry it from the alien's hand, so he had to leave it on the ship so they can escape, because the ship was going to blow up. There was mm-hmm. no way up. So they run into this wormhole and end up going into like this medieval, satanic kind of era of the Middle Ages, well, like 13, 1400s, to where... Uh, Alexander Gutenoff from The Money Pit and Die Hard, he usually plays a, a dickhead asshole in a movie, mm-hmm. uh, is the king of this land or or wizard of this land in a way um, to where, <laughs> uh, you know, this is this is the part of the movie I like the least. It really slows up yes, right here. so much. It really kills the flow of this movie. And it's unfortunate because, I mean, the movie's been pretty fast-paced until this point, And it kind of just hits a, a, just a lull here. Mm. Very much so like they did with the movie Doomsday. I liked that movie Doomsday all the way up until the point where they hit that whole medieval times part. And then that's what I just lost interest in that film yeah. until like the last ten minutes. Because it was boring. I was like, oh, come on, we're in the future and now we're going to fucking medieval times like no man i don't yeah, want to go there I had a hard time paying attention yeah and um, it's alexander gudanoff i love him yeah so this character he um he's practicing the dark arts and what he wants to do is he wants to he wants his sister to marry this king but he is going to transition himself with magical powers into a look-alike of the king and then he wants to marry his own sister and have a baby yes uh, and of course, Mark, uh, they they take her away from Mark, so Mark wants to get her back. He ends up running into John Carradine, uh, who's playing just like a beggar of da- some sort. David. David Carradine, I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> David Carradine, <laughs> the one who choked himself to death. Yeah. Um, he ends up giving Mark a sword and disappears, and Mark's like, what the fuck's going on? Um, so then he's off to go save uh, Sarah, um, Alexander Gutenoff is there. He's doing these rituals on this ritual on a woman to where I think uh, this this leopard or or this big black cat of some sort fucks this lady and she ends up becoming like this puma lady. Yeah, it's unclear, but it it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I, I, you if you can read between the lines, they don't show it, but this woman is tied down on like a pentagram and they introduce this. This big cat, this black cat of some sort, uh, she screams and then they walk the cat off and it's like, oh, I'm pretty sure the cat fucked her because she ends up turning into a puma lady. Yeah. Um, and I don't even know why they did that. Like, why did they do that to her? Like, well, yeah. what's the point? Are you making a Puma Lady army or something? Yeah, I guess we never really get that resolved. Why was We that? do get a result. Wait, we do? Yeah, oh, it was we'll hard get there, to pay though. attention to this part. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, Mark <clears throat> ends up going back to save Sarah. And, of course, Sarah is... Once again, she's hypnotized by this, so she doesn't know where the fuck she is. Mark has to save her again. Uh, unfortunately, Mark gets captured, and he's put into, like, this, um, oh, man in the iron mask kind of thing. Yeah. Or, like, one of those head things, to where Sir Wilfred comes, uh, his grandfather's friend, or uh, comes and tells him some more stuff about, like, how these aren't, in different times this is just different realities made right. by god and the devil to have fun with each other and fuck around and you mark you're after seeing you go through and going through all these different worlds helping all these people out 
you, you, it's obvious that you're one of God's warriors and that he chose you to, to, to make things right in these realities. Mm-hmm. To where Alexander Gutenov is the dark part and he's the one who actually fucks up other realities. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alexander Gutenov also has a, his little sidekick and it's like a, an, an albino Michael Sheen-ish character. He looks like the... I mean, his face is painted like the MC from Cabaret. That's what it reminded me of. Kept waiting for him to burst into song. Yeah, he looks like he's a member of My Chemical Romance or something. (laughs) So, yeah, this this is... um, Probably my favorite character. <laughs> I'm always with. The, I always like the sleazy second in command character. Always. They're always my favorites. <laughs> and of course, he he gets wrapped in the nuts uh, a few times. But um, this ends up leading us to uh, Alexander Gudnov saying he wants to marry Sarah. Um, he has the king over to marry Sarah, and then he was going to complete the ritual. Gets her drunk and everything. She. Uh, gets the the king drunk and drugs him so that he has to go lie down, and um, Alexander Gutenov is able to um, uh, uh, shapeshift into the king, right, and start to rule whatever. But Mark, who's been jailed, gets out of jail after hearing from Wolfred and saying that, you know, at, at some point in time, you're going to have to choose to either go home or be the fucking fighter that you are. But you'll know at that point. So he ends up breaking out of the prison. He uh, lets loose all the prisoners there. They start fighting. The king's guards, who are the good guys, start fighting with them until Mark's like, hey, listen, uh, uh, Calabasas, or whatever the fuck his name is, the bad guy. So, what was his name? Sebastius? Uh, were you talking about Alexander? Yeah. Scarabus. Scarabus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Scarabus. You were way off. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's a stupid name. So Scarabus is actually the king now, and Mark tells, like, hey, that's not the king, to which they find out that he isn't the king, and he takes off and actually hooks back up, gets Sarah again, and tells her like, all that stuff, and Mark shows up, and that's where our fight begins between mm-hmm. good and evil. Now, this the last ten minutes of this movie sell the rest of it. Yeah, that's the most entertaining part. It is. Um, the first 50, 45, 50 minutes of, of this movie are fun. It's a good movie, and it, it's enjoyable to watch. Uh, the sets might not be the best. Um, this movie was made on the cheap. The director actually said, if you notice, I directed this movie and there are no walls in it. Yeah. <laughs> there are no walls. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, but, of course, this leads us to the best scene of the movie, to where good and, good and evil fight through different eras. Dimen- dimensions. Different dimensions, yeah. right? So I wrote, it, I wrote, down, I wrote them all down, <laughs> there too. There so many, yeah. And it was great. It and was fucking brilliant. You know, as, as cheaply made as it was, I'm still impressed at when they're running through the dimensions. I mean, you spend, what? one minute in this dimension and it's it's pretty detailed yes yes so the first dimension that they they head into is the dr jekyll and mr hyde one Mm -hmm. to where once they enter these places they are dressed appropriately for that era Mm -hmm. so they're all in these old-timey clothes and they're fighting with swords because if you remember from the first one um 
Mark is actually kind of good with the sword. His grandfather had given him swords or whatever, mm-hmm. and so he used them. And so now he, he actually knows how to fight with sword. So they're fighting through right around uh, Dr. Jekyll, or actually it's Mr. Hyde at this point in time, to where Mr. Hyde is looking like, what the fuck is going on? And he looks at his beaker full of juice, his, <laughs> his Hyde juice, and is like, that kind of thing. It's kind of funny. Yeah, that's cute. <laughs> and they're fighting in there, and this is being inter- intercut with, Sarah fighting uh, albino Michael Sheen. Um, and <laughs> albino Michael Sheen is a little redundant, I think. Even more albino. Pale man. <laughs> Pale Sheen. Uh, so they're fighting in that one, and our, uh, the next era they go to is a shopping mall in the 70s, mm-hmm. to where everyone's dressed like Saturday Night Fever and everything, <laughs> and the zombies are there, they're getting shot, and they're, they're all dressed like in the 70s, and we get to see that this is a take on Dawn of the Dead. Mm-hmm. And I remember as a kid seeing this, I was like, holy fuck. Ah, it's like, dude, this is the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Is it like life. the first homage to another movie that you yes. noticed? <laughs> yes, and like how they played it in the movie too, where they show the characters like interacting, cut, or, or speaking on the characters of Mark and uh, Kabat, or what, Succubus, Scarabus, Scarabus <laughs> to where <laughs> um, they comment on there because they're 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 fighting each other in this group of zombies but they're also killing zombies too yeah. so it's a really cool sh- cool scene because like they're not just fighting each other and being oblivious to what's going on they're actually uh interacting with their surroundings and it's cool like the other characters like wow who are these guys i don't know but they're bad as hell because yeah. they're killing zombies and stuff <laughs> so that was a fucking awesome homage my favorite part of this movie is that <laughs> this fucking 45 seconds brilliant uh Next scene, next era they go to, we get to see, like, uh, it looks like England in the 1800s. Like, there's the brick roads and everything. There's a drunk woman walking by, and this man comes and grabs her and has a switchblade. And you're like, oh, my God, this is Jack the Ripper. Mm-hmm. So Jack the Ripper is about to murder this woman, yet they come out and they start fighting again with the swords. And Jack the Ripper's like, what the fuck? And Mark actually sees what's going on, and he kicks Jack the Ripper off the woman into the next part, into the next dimension that they're going to head into. Yeah. Which is awesome, because now he's part of this other dimension that these two other characters are going to enter. So they're all mixing up into one now. So uh, the next dimension they go into is um, in black and whites. There's two women sleeping in a bed, and there's the Nosferatu-looking vampire coming to get them. So this is a take on Nosferatu. Yeah. Um, and, of course, once again, they the fir- at first, though... Um, Mr. Hyde enters this area first, and he sees the vampire, and he starts freaking the fuck out, like, oh my god! And then the other two jump in and start uh, fighting each other with swords some more, to which Mark gets hit on the bed with the two women, and he kind of gives a wink, and that's when you kind of fully get to see that one of the women in the bed is Drew Barrymore. Yeah. And it's just like, how the fuck did Drew Barrymore get in this movie? I think she was cleaning up and just taking work wherever she could. She's in Batman Forever for five seconds, too. Yeah, yeah. I think her her part was cut a little more in that one, too. She does appear a couple more times in that movie, but her, yeah, her role is fucking diced to shit. Um, So, yeah, for just a split second. Split second, she's there. And I remember when I watched this, when I was like 11 years old, I was like, oh, fuck, it's Drew Barrymore. How does she get in there? And uh, actually, before I, we finish this movie up, I do want to say that 
which I didn't say in the beginning. Um, I love the first movie a lot. And then when I saw that this movie was uh, part two on the shelf at like a blockbuster, I nearly shit myself. <laughs> I, I swear to God, because I was like, I didn't know it came out because this went straight to video in the U.S. Okay. It was released in some other countries in the theater, but in the U.S. it was straight, straight, to, straight to VHS, okay. man. So I saw it, and I, and I believe I was staying with my father at the time, and I was like, Dad, look, and oh, we grabbed that shit right away and threw it the fuck <laughs> in as soon as we got home, and I loved it. And anyway, that's my, my first memory of this movie, was mm-hmm. just seeing that, that video cassette on the shelf. Like, I leveled to me, too, all in red, and it's... And it has the character from the first movie. He was not even in the second one. <laughs> Which, there are quite a few characters that... Oh, not I won't say quite a few. But there are a few characters that are in the first one that are in the second one, too, but are playing different characters. Different characters. Like the yeah. director and the uh, the teacher from the first one that makes Mark do all the homework and shit. He's in the second one as the judge. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> kind of noticed that one this time around. All right, going back to the different scenes where they're fighting, they enter one more scene, which is Invasion of the... Uh, no, it's not Invasion. Uh, it's Godzilla. Right, right. To where uh, they, they start fighting and there's Asian people running around and then we get to see Godzilla and then Mark looks at the camera and starts to speak and no word, uh, the his words are delayed because it's making fun of Godzilla movies and how they were overdubbed with American yeah. actors and the lips didn't move up. He's dubbed over in English and he's yeah. clearly saying something yeah, totally and different. And he's, yeah, you can see him <laughs> speaking English, but he's dubbed over in a different English. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, they end up going back to the castle to which they were fighting before. Um, and I think Gunnar almost has the upper hand. And then that the Puma lady that he created earlier... Ends up grabbing him by the head and squishing his head yes. into where blood sprays everywhere. She does come back, but yeah. I don't remember like, finding out why they turned. Why her they into turned her into Puma Lady? That's what I, I don't know. Saying. Maybe he's just fucking bored. I want to make Puma yeah. ladies. Yeah, that the loose end for me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, from here, uh, after Mark wins the fights, they're gonna go reach the wormhole, but. It, there's only room for one of them, and that's that decision that Mark has to make. He tells, um, oh, actually, you know what? Through while they're they're going through the different uh, eras and everything, in the Dawn of the Dead one, they end up getting they cut off a hand of one of the zombies, and the hand is still moving. Mm-hmm. So that's the evidence they end up bringing back to uh, the court, so mm-hmm. where so it could it could potentially free Sarah. So she has the hand with her, and she ends up going through the portal, which is probably her worst acting that she did, was when she went through the portal. She's like, no! Yeah, her it's acting so bad. Her acting is on par in a majority of the movie with the the actors in Veronica. Like, it's that bad. It's, it's bad. I feel like the actors in Veronica didn't actually bother me. But they did. <laughs> I think it's also that she, she looks to me, she sort of resembles Shawnee Smith. And that made me, like, even angrier that she was so bad. <laughs> like, why didn't she just get Shawnee Smith? Get Shawnee Smith. <laughs> <clears throat> um, another, yeah. Co- yeah, so they have the hand. There's also one more um, little thing that they did with the different dimensions is when um, Sarah looks through a possible portal, she just sticks her head through. And we see her stick her head through, and she's dressed like a waitress. And then we get to see her point of view, and... 
it's invasion of the body snatchers because you start seeing pods all over the place. Mm-hmm. And then she you know, sticks her head back in. It's a cool little nod right there I liked. Um, Sarah actually is the only one who gets to go through the portal mm-hmm. uh, back to Sir Wilfred's little basement there to which she previously was looking at this painting that was partially covered up, and, but she was distracted. But when she comes back into that time, she looks at this painting and it's actually of Mark. And he looks like he was like a knight or a warrior. Mm-hmm. So, um, so Mark is stuck there forever and she ends up bringing the hand into like this this hamster cage to the court. <laughs> In the courtroom. And while it's sitting there kind of like tapping its finger because it's bored. <laughs> and she ends up getting out of uh, out of jail. I mean, she she's found not guilty. Mm-hmm. To which she's very happy. Everyone's like dumbfounded because like, hey, fuck, you just found like, <laughs> you found, here, here's, yeah. here's the evidence. <laughs> she's leaving the courthouse. All people are surrounding her. And then this guy comes up. He's like, hey, uh, I work for this mail service. We've been holding on to this for centuries. Uh, here it is. Uh, we were told to give it to you on this day after the, the judgment and everything. To which Mark sent her one of the compass things and, and it reads on the paper it reads join me mm-hmm. to which she gets into the cab dri- into the cab the cab drives off and you get to see the blue light like we saw earlier with all the different which I fucking love the ending it's a really good ending yeah, it's like very sweet and it's very nice and it closes everything up mm-hmm. um, so yeah and that's the end of the movie uh, until we hit the credits and we get to hear uh, a rap song Awesome rap song playing, and awesome. the thing is, is that um, this music video was shot at the same time that they were filming the movie. So um, you have like all these booty dancers, like right by like these satanic symbols <laughs> dancing and shit. It's funny. I really think that was cool. It happens so much. And it's so dumb. I don't get it. <laughs> so yeah, during our credits, we get to hear a rap song, some of our actors dancing, have a good time, and that's the end of the movie. Yeah. We didn't talk about anything Bruce Campbell does, and then no, we skipped no. right over that. No, because um, I was going to wait till I kind of just want to get through the movie a bit, and then yeah. we'll go through some of the other stuff. Okay. Like, yeah, the Bruce Campbell part is is fucking great. He's great in it, and he's he's playing the Bruce Campbell character, yeah. and it kind of seems like this is more the kind of role that is in his wheelhouse, because from like what he, what I've heard in interviews with him is like he. He can. He doesn't like horror movies. He's just. Yeah. I, I don't like him. He likes fucking classics. He likes mm-hmm. the fifties and sixties classics. And I think him playing a role like this is. I think he probably enjoys more. Mm-hmm. And the, he, when it comes to like slapsticky, campy comedy, he makes everybody else look like they're asleep. Right. Which he does in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Once again, the the part is is that he uh, is. He's tied up to like this, maybe a crucifix, I want to say, or he's just tied up it somewhere. It's like a crucifix, yeah. And his whole chest and rib cage is exposed. And he's being eaten by crows? Um, is that what's eating him? I think, uh, was it crow? I don't recall. Maybe it was rats. But something's eating him, and like uh, Mark goes in and is like, oh, fuck, you know. But he's still acting like everything is normal. Like, he's not in pain or anything. Right. He's just try, still trying to get through the motions of expelling this ghost or trying to figure <laughs> out what's happening. So he's, he's playing this totally straight. Yeah. <laughs> With not, not like going, ooh, ow, or anything. To which some of the hijinks start to happen. Um, they try to untie him, but he falls to the ground. And, and 
<laughs> they pick him back up, and we get to see all the dirt and shit all in his rib cage and everything. And he's still acting, you know, trying to act straight and everything. They're throwing, they're throwing things at the ghosts. Well, no, or... um, one of the women that they're with is, uh, or the paranormal activity people. Uh, uh, one of the women actually is possessed. Right, so Mark right. has She's to fight possessed. the possessed woman. So she keeps throwing things at Mark, and he keeps ducking. But all this shit keeps hitting. Bruce Campbell's character in the yeah. chest, like a uh, in the uh, face, in the until face. the that she throws this big thing of salt, salt at his chest, <laughs> <laughs> and then um, so then Mark tries to wash it off, and he thinks he throws water on him, but it's actually vinegar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, I can't feel it anymore. Yeah. It doesn't hurt anymore. Like <laughs> and then yeah, after that, the ghost is expelled and everything. But it's a funny little part in there. You know, it's it's that's where this shit works there's parts yeah. where it works and there's just parts where it doesn't mm-hmm. they're um like the i don't think it works all that well is when mark pulls out arrows from like the voodoo thing and it makes the popping sound yeah like there's there's stuff like that where it's a little too goofy and a little too forced but other than that i think it's this is a fun movie and anyone who's seen the first and hasn't seen this one should definitely check it out they take it into somewhat of a different direction. It's just not a retreat of the first one. So, and it takes place right after. I, I fucking love that. Yeah. Plus, the last fifteen minutes, ten minutes in this movie, great, mm-hmm. fantastic. Couldn't couldn't think of a better ending to it. Yeah, it's so, perfect. Um, and the things that didn't land, I mean, a lot of them, I want to blame this actress. <laughs> I think that that scene with the hand would have been funnier if she weren't so terrible. Yeah, she's she's really bad in this movie. Yeah. And it kind of takes you out of it a little bit, too. Like, we watched a, didn't we watch a review of Drag Me to Hell, a re-review of Drag right. Me to Hell? And I've always thought that Alison Lohman was just totally miscast in that movie, mm-hmm. and I stand by that. Um, things that should have been funny and Sam Raimi-like weren't... Mm-hmm. It just didn't hit, and I just think it's because she wasn't right for the part. And I feel that way about Monica Schnarri. <laughs> Schnarr. Schnarr. I think maybe with a better actor, it, more jokes would have been funnier. Would have landed. And, yeah. And it would, yeah, it would have been better. Um, but I don't even know if, if Deborah Foreman could have pulled this off again. I don't know. Or do you think she could have pulled off the... I want to see. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to see I wonder that. what happened, uh I guess we'll never yeah. know. Yeah, did she retire that early? I don't know. Maybe. Because I... Fuck, what's the last time you saw her in something? I don't know. Let's look her at What's Deborah Foreman? Right. Like, uh, oh, I mean, man. She could just look totally different now and she's still working. Real genius. God, I forgot about that. <laughs> All right, last movie. Make yeah. sure it's an acting role, not like a screenwriting or producing. Last movie, Shop Girl from 2020, Valley Girl. Valley Girl, Shop Girl? The the movie's called Valley Girl, and she plays Shop Girl. Sorry. 2020? 2020. Oh, wow. What, other, what, what did she have Actually, before that? So this movie called The Marshall with Jeff Fahey from 1995. Uh-huh. Oh, no, TV show. Excuse uh-huh. me. Then in 2008, this movie called Beautiful Loser, and then 2020. So three things. Why <laughs> yeah. is she playing Valley Girl in 2020? No offense, Deborah Foreman, but you're uh, like 10 years older than I am. Well, maybe she's doing a Valley Girl from the 80s in a certain point in time to which she's never gotten over that period of her maybe. time. That's what I'm thinking. You're defending this this role of shop girl. Well, you're shitting this, on this <laughs> role of shop girl. Come on. You don't even know nothing about it either. I don't. <laughs> 
Okay, I think that about does it for us this week. Thank you guys for joining. Have a happy, safe Halloween this year. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Now be a fact of fiction. You face conviction. A serious case in the course of a prison. You prove your innocence. It's a tedious task. Look at the bailiff and he starts to laugh. It's criminal. Minimal. Subliminal. You pace through the plot like an animal. You pick up the phone and you stand on the lone Try dial in reality and nobody's home. You lack evidence. It's no coincidence. They put up a fence. Hit the clues and suppress the news. You're living like a psycho. But they won't let go. Amid evil trauma. Now it's time to flow. But on the contrary, Mark ain't a mark as Mark got hard. But Mark won't stop because Mark is a part of the mystery. Back and forth through history, he's seen it time again, so the story begins. Lost in time, like a bug in a jar, no matter where you go. There you are. Lost in time, like a bug in a jar, no matter where you go. There you are. Wax it, tax it, throw facts with two. What in the hell can young Sarah do? Something's got a hold of a soul that took control, and the devil tried to break the mold. But it's a king of the kings, the lord of lords. It's a medieval party. And a torn sword. Girls run around on Sunset Strip, but out came the man, yo, Jack the Rip. He was slicing and dicing and smashing and crashing all through the party, slashing heads. Yo, what up, Frank? Frankie walked around like the living dead, trying to scoop up a troop of a bowl of fruit loop of a juicy fruit tea. Tapped up a zoom until he marked us down. Jack the Ripper would never be found. A time warrior going through hell. He has a story to tell. Lost in time, like a bug in a jar, no matter where you go. There you are. Lost in time, like a bug in a jar, no matter where you go. There you are. Lost in time, like a bug in a jar, no matter where you go. There you are. Lost in time, like a bug in a jar, no matter where you go. There you are. Like a bug in a jar, no matter where you are. The same place is near, maybe someplace far. I'll rehearse the verse, now the verse I'll flip. I go step by step, and they came equipped to rip. It got candid. I gotta hand it to the monk as he slams it. And he handed it to me. The D, the A, the D, which follows the B, the I to the G. All together spells L.A. Posse. Yeah. Shout out to God and say, Lord, have mercy. We're giving us a strength to fight the danger zone. But if you live in all the edge, you'll be on your own. There are things that are strange and things that are true. Just imagine if the same games happen to you. If you think you want to play, then come on through. <laughs> Take a trip beyond the ropes. Why this work? Lost in time, like a bug in the jar, no matter where you go. There you are. Lost in time, like a bug in the jar, no matter where you go. There you are. Lost in time, like a bug in the jar, no matter where you go. There you are. Lost in time, like a bug in the jar, no matter where you go. There you are. Lost in time, like a bug in the jar, no matter where you go. There you are. Lost in time, like a bug in the jar, no matter where you go. There you are. Lost in time, like a bug in the jar, no matter where you go. There you are. Lost in time, like a bug in the jar, no matter where you go. There you are.